Welcome to Nana Tings. Hey babes, happy new year. It's Antonio here with Nana Tings and today's episode is gonna be a quick little moment of Tings Tea Time where I talk about he's just not that into you about red flags and fuckboys. <laughs> also my 2021 wrapped and all those things and discovering what demisexuality is. So stay tuned and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, okay? Girl, we got so much to talk about on this episode. Um, <laughs> for all my listeners, let's get into a few things on this 2020 wrapped, and he's just not that into you. Um, let's start with he's just not that into you. I just want to talk really quick about red flags. You know, we're seeing a lot of this happen in pop culture, Twitter, you know, all the social media people are like, you know, fuck this, fuck that, whatever. But red flags really are a thing. Like, we sometimes get so blinded in love or in like or lust, could be either of the three, right? And we don't see that the red flags are right in front of our face, right? Now, listen, from experience, I've had my fair share of a lover boy syndrome where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I like this person, this and that. And the whole time, he just wasn't into me. Or... He said he was into me, led me on, and then when he started to backtrack, right, I started to fall more forward. So it became that kind of like tug and war, right? Where it's like, okay, he's stepping away, but I'm going to go forward because I think he really likes me still, but I'm not seeing the red flags because him stepping away alone is a red flag. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm actually writing an article currently about remembering your worth when dating. And it's something that I really wanted to write about recently because I have been going through my own experience with someone and um, not not bad, but there has been a lot of deep conversations happening, which I think that's a whole topic itself. I, I believe that as we mature, or hopefully everyone is maturing, right, that we get more comfortable with deep conversations. And deep conversations can be anything, right? It could be trauma with your parent. Which, if you listen to my other episodes, that's something I have definitely been discussing and have talked to my mom with and, and have had friends on this podcast, you know, talk about their own trauma and stuff like that. Um, that's a really big, deep conversation with yourself. And deep conversations also go with a partner because sometimes you do have to talk and be like, hey, what is our vibe, right? Say it's like two or three months in, where are we? Are we boyfriends, you know, or girlfriend or whatever you like? Um you know, are we friends of benefits? Are we just friends? Are we feeling it out? What's the vibe? What's the speed? And I've been having some deep conversations recently uh, with this person around where we are. And for me, I used to go manically fast, right? Which is very toxic. Don't get me wrong. I, I think speeding and not really knowing where you stand or where your ground is or a conversation can be very toxic in a relationship. But on the other hand, I think going really slow is very annoying. I want a happy middle. And listen, 
I know I'm asking for gold in this situation because majority of relationships, especially in the LGBT plus community, it, it, come on y'all, let's be real. A lot of it is fast. Um, or I'm learning a lot of it's slow. There are, especially at least from a gay, a gay standpoint, a lot of it is slow because they don't know what they want or they want to fuck other people, which is fine. But make that very clear. Don't do this whole boyfriend shit and then go back and forth. So pretty much my article is based on that. Remember your worth when dating because I am at a point in my life where I want the middle and I believe that I'm not going to settle anymore for someone that's in this their own limbo or wants to go really manically fast or, or hella snail slow. And I'm at a point where I'm like, I deserve true love and what I want. I want someone that is passionate enough. I want someone that knows a balance of work and fun. I want someone that wants to stay in on a Saturday and cuddle and watch a movie, but also go to work on a Friday. You know what I mean? Um, I want someone that gets that. I want someone creative and talented and, and ambitious. And I, I feel like lately I've been getting a lot of mixed singles and a lot of every week a a different challenge or a different conversation happening and i believe it's not fair to be pulled in different directions when you're really letting the person know what you want and i'm at a point in my life where i've done so much self-work with therapy with self-work meditation all this shit podcasting even helps where i know where i stand and i have a lot of clarity on life you know it took me a long time to get there but i'm there and I believe that my partner or someone I'm speaking to should also have clarity in their life. And if someone doesn't, that's fine. That's your journey. But I'm at a point where I deserve a partner to be equally matching me. And I don't think that's asking a lot. That's just asking the universe and, and me knowing where I stand on my own emotional maturity, right? Emotional intelligence go a very long way. And the, this person that I, I was seeing isn't there yet with clarity and, and stuff like that and it gave me very back and forth answers and retracted a lot of statements and then this and that and I I just want to say for all my people out there listening if you are a bad bitch you are a bad bitch <laughs> and I'm not saying this to be like Nicki Minaj quote or shit like that like no look at the red flag also look at your worth right remember your worth that's that's the topic here yeah, it may be he's not that into you, quote unquote. But yeah, that's a that's a great thing to know in the sense of if he's not that into you, you are a bad bitch and they're missing out. Bye. <laughs> like turn that narrative around, baby. Like they may not be into you, but then why are they dragging you along still? Because they don't want to cut you off because they need a backup plan? Fuck that. And I think I've gotten better in 2021 with hopefully I'm bringing this into 2022 and letting it come into fruition that I'm definitely getting better at checking out the red flags right away. This one took me about a month and a half, two months to figure out, which is really nice. Like, of course, we would wish to know red flags within a week, right? But, you know, when you're getting to someone and dating, having sex, the honeymoon phase, the first month, it's a little hard, not, not gonna lie, right? Because a lot of the first month is fun. It's sex, wine, going out, cuddling, all, all those things, right? It's really month two and on where I could start seeing, okay, one week, why are they hot? And one week, are they cold? Are they literally a Katy Perry song? Because I honestly am not here for it. But that's it. I just want to stay with this little part of Ting's Tea Time to remember your worth when dating and honestly, always. And if he's just not that into you, Okay, boy, bye. <laughs> Demisexuality and sex positivity. 
So I think I found a word finally slash label of what I've always been, demisexual. You know, and as much as we hate being in a box or being labeled or stuff, right? Sometimes these words slash labels help us identify with who we are and how we feel. And for me, this was really important because this is something that I wrote about too, where in the gay community, a lot of what's commercialized or what's shown or what's popular on social media and with friend like popular groups is circuit parties, sex parties, drugs, alcohol, um, clothing choices, this and that, right? And listen, no shame in your self-expression. Our community has been marginalized, suppressed for so long that we deserve to be expressive and free. But that doesn't mean every gay person has to be like that, right? And I remember being a young gay when I came out of 20 and, you know, thinking that I had to be this skinny twink and wear this fashion and be super hypersexual, that it caught me in some weird situations in my mid-20s where I was a part of, like, a threesome that I didn't like or a foursome where I actually, like, ran out of the bedroom because I wasn't feeling it and I didn't want to be touched. Um, Or, like, where I stayed at a house a few years ago in Fire Island and became a sex party and, like, I went in my room and hid and went to sleep. Like, for me, I, it's not me. You know, and this is the argument I have with sex positivity. Now, sex positivity is that we don't shame kinks or fetishes or group sex or open relationships or polyamorous stuff, right? We are open to all. But my question to that is, are we open to demisexuality? Because demisexuality is a sexuality. And a lot of my sex positive gay friends, they think that everyone, if you're sex positive, automatically are down for group parties and sex and all this and stuff. And I'm over here like, no, we need to make sure we define sex positivity correctly. It's just not judging and being open. It does not mean that I want to get gangbanged by five guys. It means that when you tell me your sex stories, I'm not judging you. I'm here as a friend that's like, go get that dick. You got three dicks in a day. Amazing. But respect me when I say, I need to get coffee with that guy before sleeping with him. Fair, fair, right? The amount of looks I've gotten being like, Oh, you're so old school. You're so cute, Antonio. That's not like, I don't want pity. <laughs> um, I'm not asking if I'm cute. I'm just letting you know that's how I fuck. Now, going back to demisexuality really quick, right? It's a person who's demisexual experiences sexual attraction only when they feel a true emotional bond with another person. So with that being said, we are on a spectrum. Sexuality is fluid. So not every demisexual person is going to need to get to know someone's social security number before fucking them, you know? For me, I could speak on my behalf. I'm all about vibes and energy. As an empath, I like to make sure I'm in a safe space and this person has safe energy before I take on their sex energy, right? I pick up on sex auras really, really heavily, I would say. And for me, it's like, I, like I said, I don't even know your social security number. Like, I, when I travel, like, when I go to Italy or stuff, like, I, I could have a bay all weekend and fuck them and have fun, you know? I'm all about, like, meeting, though, and... Getting to me at a bar for a few hours and making sure I feel safe before we even, like, kiss or do anything. Now, there were moments as, like, a younger gay where I was on Grindr or Scruff and I would go to a hookup's house and I didn't even know their name and hook up. I would come home and cry. Like, I would shower and feel just so used and abused and I was just another number and this person didn't know me. And I've always was confused. I was like, is that because I am... An empath and I'm just picking up bad energy or like why do like why can't I be like a cool gay and and you know 
be in group sex or just think that ass is ass and dick is dick and just fuck anyone and come and then go home and sleep. And I realized because I am demisexual and I'm sensitive and I want to feel important. I want to feel special. If we are in the bedroom, even if you're my weekend bay and we're at a, at, in a different country and we're never going to see each other again or maybe we'll see each other in a year or whatever it is, you know my name, you know what who I am, you know my worth, you know what I represent on this earth and what I bring to the table that weekend at least. I feel special. I feel like a human. I feel seen. For me, unseen, unsafe, un uncomfortable sex is just not my thing <laughs> and I, I I think the main word with demisexuality for me is comfortability like I need to be comfortable with a lot of things safe energy knowing your name at least knowing your worth things like that so it's really cool that I'm on this journey of um the demisexuality where like it, it, I've always been like this so it's really cool to not force myself to be something that I'm not now and it's also cool to date now, knowing that I'm demisexual, because I, I date differently, right? It's not, like, so sexual hard-on right away. And it's very, like, um, it's more, I would say, attentive and intuitive and, and connecting with someone. So, I don't know, it's been it's been a cool ride. And also, one thing about demisexuality, you could be gay, straight, pan, bi, whatever, and be demisexual. It, it's a kind of sexuality just that talks about how you... Are sexually attracted to someone based on the emotional bond. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited for this experience and I'm excited to just own everything about me and I think that's what 2021 really has been for me. <laughs> I want to have a Spotify moment and like talk about my 2021 rap real quick. Um, it's been quite the year and I know I feel like every year we say that right really cliche like oh my god it's been a year whatever um, but it really has because 2020 feels like it wasn't a year right. We were half of the year locked away and even when we reopened we were very cautious and a lot of things weren't fully open till this year so and this year how obviously is ending in a little bit of a mess situation but um i just want to say i 2021 has really been the year that i took ownership on relationships trauma self-work artistry and my sexuality and my narrative i i took ownership on all this and it feels so fucking amazing you know i turned 30 my saturn return completed well, I mean, it's still, you know, in rotation, but we're there. <laughs> and um, I, I feel like I know who I am fully, you know. Um, even from last year, going from Tony to back to Antonio, my original name, like that was so empowering to me. This year, I, I published two books, Romance in a Modern World and Antonio's Return, that have both done so well. And I'm excited to publish more, by the way. Hey. Um, you know, I traveled to some cool places. I mean, I definitely did Miami three times. Four. Oh, shit. Yeah, four times. Um, I went to Nashville again, Austin. Um, I, I went to Vegas for SummerSlam, which was pretty dope. Uh, and I end this year by going to Aruba. And then I celebrated my 30th in Napa, which I've always wanted to go to, and L.A. Um, it's been, you know, I dated some people. I've had some fuckboys. I've learned about red flags. I got LASIK surgery, which y'all know about that journey. It's It was a journey. And there's an episode about it, an article, so check that out. Uh... <laughs> and one big thing is I revived my artist career. As of the beginning of November, after I turned 30, I was like, you know, the thing that I love the most that is so therapeutic to me is creating. And I'm pretty good at it. You know, I'm not going to say I'm the best of the best, but I'm good at what I do. And I love dancing. I love acting. I love singing. I love podcasting. I love writing. It's just I love creating. And I've been really good lately at making it a business. So I decided to get back into acting, and honestly, the universe has been so amazing. 
that I've booked a few commercials, TV shows. I've, I've, I'm going to be in two films next year. Um, I really can't say a lot, so stay tuned for that. That's so fucking exciting. Uh, and then I just want to say I adopted, well, my mom adopted two fucking amazing cats, Oreo and Onyx, that have impacted my life so amazingly. And I'm just so happy to have them in my life. And they sort of have become my emotional support animals. And the separation anxiety is real. And I fucking love them so much. I also took this year to really work on a lot of the trauma with my mom and, and with friends and, and, and toxicity in my life. And it's been really healthy. And I'm at a point ending this year where I could look back and be like, wow, I fought a lot of demons in my closet and I'm ready to move on with my life. And it's going to make me a better friend. It's going to make me a better friend, a better human, a better lover, you know, a better artist. I could go to those places now and channel my art without feeling so self-sabotaged and triggered. So I think that's honestly really amazing. Um, yeah, it's been a, quite the growing year where owning my narrative and standing up for what I want and not taking shit and, and trying to be as empathetic as I can as a human and staying healthy and also really just like learning what I want in life, whether it's sleep over going out, <laughs> JOMO, joy of missing out, working on my anxiety, podcasting with all y'all listening. It's been honestly an amazing year and thank you for all for reading my books and listening to these podcasts and and being a part of the ride and there's more to come in 2022 and happy new year. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.